0: Welcome everyone to episode number one of Finding Flow. Um, my name is George Rush and I'm here with John Honeycutt. Uh, finding Flow is a, uh, yeah, it's a first foray into a podcast that uh, focuses on peak performance and finding flow uh, on demand. That's our quest. We're trying to figure out how to do this on demand. So you are uh, lucky enough to be along with us for the ride. Uh, John, how are you? I'm so good, George. Thank you. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm doing really, really well. I had a uh, uh, a productive day uh, at the office, uh, quote unquote, so to speak. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm in a, a, an awesome headspace. You and I had a really good chat before we uh, we clicked record. Uh, so yes, I feel good.
1: Beautiful. I'm looking forward to getting into this with you.
0: Yeah, same. Same. Um, so I know we have, we have a, a, a bunch of things that we'd like to talk about, but I, I think uh, first what we discussed is kind of talking about what the, what the point of – why are we doing this? What's the, what's the point? And I think f- uh, full transparency, as, as we were just talking about, uh, this is a, a a labor of love and of friendship uh, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And so, um, yeah, we kind of discussed doing this loosely a few months back. And we put some time and some planning into it and some rest into it too over, <laughs> over, the, over the holiday and um uh i think the the best projects that i've been involved in in any wet professional or, or not uh have been with like people that i love working with uh and uh people that i respect and so that you, you certainly check both of those boxes and so um do you want I, you can add a little bit to like maybe the specifics around what 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 we are doing, and maybe what you're doing, and uh, talk about it from your end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> first off, I I love you too. I enjoy doing these kind of things with you, and it's been uh, it's been great growing together uh, over the last few years as we've known each other and worked together in different capacities. And uh, I love how you created that. What we're doing here is not creating professional grade podcast material, but really talking about things that we're both really passionate about, with an aim to you know both educate inspire and potentially create transformation for people because I think the concepts for me of flow and peak performance are, they're so intriguing because it's like we're, it's like driving around in a car for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden you see this button, like this turbo button that you didn't know about, like, what would it be like if you could access that turbo button when you wanted to? So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to kind of open up in this episode, what we're going to be doing over the next months and year. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I, 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 I I like everything that you said right there. I, I had a, uh, a thought pop into my head. I, I know that you are familiar with the movie Conan the Barbarian. Of course. Uh, and probably all of our listeners are as well. I would assert that all of them are. So in the beginning of the movie, Conan the Barbarian, I think he's like taken from his parents and his mom's head gets chopped off. And then, and then he spends years and years and years. Cause you're wondering like, well, how does Arnold Schwarzenegger get so ripped in this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, he spends years and years and years just kind of pushing this, this uh, pole like around in a circle. A uh, cornmeal. cornmeal. Yes. Thank you. Yes. yes. Uh, a cornmeal. Yeah. Around, and around, around for like whatever, 30 years. And then, you know, he's, he, he becomes, you know, the Arnold that he is and so what we're trying to do is maybe fast forward just like a little bit rather than pushing the thing the corn corn wheel around uh for 30 years because Arnold is probably in a flow state Mm -hmm. I would I would guess. guess you would have to find a flow state in order to do that for so long so can we do that faster can we do that without the wheel
1: I think that's a great inquiry to be in as we go into the episode maybe we should introduce ourselves So everybody, thank you. My name is John Honeycutt. I'm a um, professional performance coach. And so my background has been in the consulting space. I was um, about 30 years working in the Microsoft space. I worked for Microsoft directly. Uh, I've worked in a couple different software consulting companies and um, really helped people with information management, uh, information architecture, using technologies like if you're familiar with Office 365, SharePoint uh, for content and records management. So super exciting stuff. I love the consulting world and the business world. I'm very passionate about that still, but I really wanted to make more of a personal difference. And so at around the halfway mark in my career, uh, I was in my mid forties, I kind of started getting an itch to do something different, something a bit more one-on-one. And so I gradually transitioned over to what would you, I guess you would call life coaching, Um, I've graduated into more peak performance neuroscience and flow-based coaching. Um, I have a cohort of about 24 humans right now that I'm coaching and mentoring and training in the techniques of peak performance and flow, some of the things that we'll hopefully get into in this podcast. Um, My passion is for helping people to get more connected to self, more connected to spirit, more aligned to what they're up to in the world. And I'm really interested in how to make things practical and sustainable. So, you know, it's easy to have transformation in a bottle when you go to an event or, you know, you're in a large group and the dopamine is flowing, but how do you crack that bottle open when it's yourself and it's five in the morning and you wake up and you want to go for a jog and you're not feeling like it? That's that's where my mind is at, is how do I make this practical, sustainable, and available for anybody um, so I'm coaching on this. I'll be writing a book about this this year based on what I'm seeing with my cohort and in my own life. Um, in terms of flow and peak performance for myself, I've I've had a lot of outlet from an athletic perspective. So I'm really into physical fitness and things like running or weightlifting. Um, but I have just recently started looking at flow from a creative perspective. I had a background of music when I was a kid. I was in band, a marching band through college and high school and even into the military service. Um, I played piano, I sang in a choir, but it's been a couple of decades since I've dealt with music. So I've just recently picked up guitar, just something new and novel, and I'm loving it. And I'm looking at that as a opportunity to generate flow. So I love all of this kind of conversation. I guess the last thing I'd say, George, is that I've got a real passion for progression. I'm a long time Died in the wool lifetime video game player. And I think of life as a video game, true confession. And I think video games are meant to be one and they're meant to be one masterfully. And so I'm very interested in how to live life from that perspective, how to live it, not to survive it, but to win it and to win with style. Love it. Love it. That's I, like podcast
0: gold right there. I don't think I've ever heard anyone uh, sum up themselves that, that nicely. Uh, well, th- my so my name George Russian. I um uh by by trade I work for a, a small uh, tech startup in Seattle. So I um uh and my my role there is a, as as a we'll say a a scrum master, uh, project manager, account manager. in in the in in this world, I get to wear a whole bunch of hats, which is uh, really cool. And so um, what that looks like, uh, I guess, as, as far as uh, uh, flow is concerned, uh, a, a large part of my job is, is basically getting, kind of getting crap out of the way so that people can do work. And um, for uh, the development team that I work on, uh, that means handling, whatever, e- emails and access and, and uh um, meetings and things like that. So, uh, those folks can be armed with what they need, uh, to, uh, to, to do a great job. Uh, and they do, (laughs) I'm, I'm, uh, pretty blessed, I think, to work with a a really awesome group of people. And, um, uh, for me personally, uh, I am, uh, John alluded to his, uh, his athletic background. And, and, uh, 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 for me, I, I, I ride bikes like, So if I had a lot, a lot, a lot of money, right? So if we, if we, if we end up making like Spotify needs to, needs to sign us to Joe Rogan money. Um, one of the things I would do is probably go out and like purchase a cycling team. And like, I feel like there's been a movie on this where like somebody buys a baseball team and like makes themselves the starting pitcher. That's what I would do. I would be the world's worst professional cyclist. Uh, but I'd be surrounded by people who are really awesome and, and, and I'd pay them money. So they, they would tell me I was good at riding bikes. That's what I do. I love it. That's, that's where I find my, my, my flow. That's right. That's right. I disappear on a daily basis. And so, Question,
1: George, did yeah. you ever see the movie breaking away?
0: <sighs> yes. And I don't remember it. Mm. Okay. We'll come back to that later. We'll come back to that later. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so that's me and, uh, John and I, John and I met, uh, actually in, kind of a co- a coaching ar- arrangement we were we were both taking pro- taking on professional development coaching uh john became my coach at that time uh and then um i coached them privately for over a year and um yeah and then this 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 baby was born so mm-hmm. here, here we are yeah beautiful so what are we doing with this show george so today uh we want to talk a little bit about what um uh, what are, what are, what our 2021 is going to look like? So I know John that you have, um, a lot of goals around your, your business as you, you coach flow professionally. So, uh, you're going to talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about, uh, what that looks like, what flow looks like for me from a, uh, an athletic standpoint, some, some goals that I have, um, we're gonna talk about what that means to us. So what does it mean to be in flow? What does it mean to, um, achieve peak performance, um, some, yeah, some ideas we have around that. And then uh, what we have coming up next. So today's uh, is, is mainly an introduction to the two of us and kind of what our mission is. And then um, subsequent episodes, we're going to drill into uh, yeah, really specific areas. Um, yeah, we're going to get more specific in, in subsequent episodes. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that set the table for everybody. Um, but yeah, so with that, I, what does 2021 look like f- for you, John?
1: Well, I'm so eager to share that, George, but before I do, I just wanted to say just from your introduction, I was waiting to hear about jujitsu. <clears throat> oh, well,
0: yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Such, I
1: guess that's be- such a good flow activity.
0: <laughs> um, uh, so what I guess what I didn't mention is that on top of uh, my, uh, my role as a professional in the, in the, in the world, I guess um I, well, one. I also come out of the consulting world, so I am equally as good as at being as full of baloney as John. So we both have we have that in common. But uh, I, uh, I'm also kind of a, a serial side hustler or serial entrepreneur. So I've I've owned owned or co-owned three or four different businesses over the last six years, um, and two of those were. Uh, uh, Jiu Jitsu businesses, and so one was a gym that I that I owned here in the Greater Se- Seattle area. on that for a year, and then um, I owned a uh, a Jiu Jitsu inv- events company uh, with my with my wife, uh, and we did that even even pr- prior to the gym. So, uh, yeah, Jiu Jitsu was my, really my first introduction to flow through athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jiu Jitsu, for those that aren't familiar, is a is a, a ground based martial art like wrestling, uh, and when someone is, is, uh, trying to strangle you, 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 you have no other choice, but to be present and, and address the, the problem at hand. And so, um, it was my first experience with time seemingly kind of like slip, like slipping by, you mm-hmm. know, all, all of a sudden, like an hour had gone by. Um, and I had a, uh, an awesome time doing it, love training, uh, and for me eventually became, uh. Um, unfortunately, like I, I, think my, my body was taking too much of a beating, more of a beating than it was so more than it was worth. And so, um, yeah, I switched gears pun intended. And now I, uh, now I ride bikes, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and fine flow that way. But yeah, thank you for, thank you for bringing that up, John.
1: Yeah. I just, it wouldn't have been complete for me without, without that. That's how I got to know you as, uh, yeah. you were deeply in, embedded in that world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So George and I came up with a mission statement for this podcast, the Finding Flow podcast. And can I share the mission statement with the people? Okay. Um, we want to create a life-changing leap in performance and aliveness through exploring the principles of flow and peak performance. Yeah. So hopefully not too grandiose, but we, we really want to have people just be, again, educated and, and maybe inspired and hopefully want to take the leap into how you can improve performance and fulfillment measures through these principles. Um, so that's that's why the show. And again, labor of love. We want to have fun. We want to hang out as friends and talk about things that we care about. We're going to have um, at least six episodes. We're looking to do this at least for the first quarter. And I'm hoping that this will continue throughout the year 2021. Don't see any reason that it shouldn't. Um, and so we've got the first six episodes kind of charted out. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end. But uh, yeah, that's the that's what the finding flow podcast is all about. Anything to add to that, George? Uh,
0: one thing I, I, I think um, uh, I, I get, I get carried away sometimes with what I want to do for other people. And and a lot of times I'll build that like, that's my mission is I'm going to help so and so. The topics that we're set to talk about are very interesting for me. And so as a, uh, as a byproduct, yes, people are going to get educated and we're like, we're going to have a great time like doing the show, but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see what we uncover selfishly. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, am I'm I'm very interested to see like what we, what we can do for my own performance, for my own relationships, uh, for my own work. And yeah, I think by, by, by doing that, yes, a lot of people are going to benefit. And that's also exciting.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, I think for me, it's, um, I keep both of those concerns in mind and it's been somewhat of a pattern for me with my own development and then training and coaching and mentoring others is it starts with me. I prove it out in the kind of science lab of my own life. I think of myself as as an experiment. Um, And then when I see what works or what doesn't work, I share that with people. And so I definitely see that being part of this charter. Um, And I'm also very interested for myself just like what's what's possible through taking this on and what's possible even through just exploring this with you in this particular venue. Uh, and also, I think for anybody who hears this and anybody who takes this kind of stuff on, and even if it's just one little piece of it, I think <clears throat> chasing flow and employing peak performance principles will contribute to a better future for humanity. I, I really believe this. This isn't about well, you might be a better time manager. It's not about better time management or increasing specific outcomes, but it really is about how to have a a more human experience of being human. So I I think it's it's a deep calling for both George and I um, and lighthearted, fun, and super exciting. So you asked what I was going to do this year. I'm looking at 2021. I've called it my year in flow. Um, And so I'm really again, given that I'm so intrigued by the question, how can people be consistent? How can people have transformation that is practical, available and sustainable? Something that is a natural expression of who they are rather than something that they're hustling for or grinding against. Uh, I don't want people necessarily like working so much harder. I want people to be working with their biology, working with their energy. And we'll talk about that and. And peak performance. But for me, I'm answering the question this year of what would it look like if I went all in like a hundred percent, like if everything I might ever want to share with a coaching client, every little tidbit, every strategy, every mindset, every tool, every practice, what if I did them all? Cause nobody does, right? Nobody, nobody takes it all on. And so I want to be that guy. I want to be the person who's actually doing it hundred percent. So I created for myself an experiment called my year in flow. It has um, intentions and it has practices and it has most importantly, ways of measuring myself. There's daily and weekly cadences and rhythms for doing check-ins and like morning routines and work power down routines and evening routines. Um, It has me looking at things that I wouldn't normally look at, like sleep, my recovery, um, where I'm getting into flow outside of just business. Because while this shows up a lot in my business, it's also needing to be in my family. It also needs to be in my athletics. It also needs to be in my creative expression as a human. So I've created a whole program for myself that's got focuses for each month of the year. We're already in January. This is January 14th, 2021, right today, as George and I are talking. And uh yeah, every day I keep track of this. And I actually am a bit of a Excel geek. So I've quantified it all out, and I give myself a percentage score, my goal is to be at like a 90% across productivity, active recovery, flow, and then flow blockers, like not having a lot of the typical flow blockers, like distraction or lack of clarity show up. I'm also coaching, as I mentioned, a cohort of about 24 people currently, uh, some groups, some one on one, and we're doing weekly trainings, and we're doing weekly coaching, and I'm running them through just a series of sort of themes each week and we're building from the bottom up. What are the things to cultivate? What are the things to shed or eliminate to create the emergence of flow? Um, What's beautiful about this and what some of the coaching clients are starting to see is that as we're building the preconditions for flow, we're actually putting in the groundwork for peak performance. So, evolution and nature has designed us to be attracted to flow because of the chemicals that we get in our brain and the way that experience occurs to us psychologically. But the great news is to get there, you have to do the things that will have you be successful in every endeavor of your life. So coaching people through the project, as well as living it myself. And then finally, I'm writing a book called um, Working Title, My Year in Flow, where I'm inspired by um, Benjamin Franklin, you know, his autobiography, he focused on 13 virtues and he picked a specific time period and he was going to focus in this time period on temperance and then this period on silence and so on and so forth. Um, silence is, it's not currently on my list, but, uh, I, every month I've got to focus and I'm really just adding to the mix each month and what I'm doing from a peak performance and flow perspective. Um, and so looking forward to sharing that with people and, uh, yeah, that's that's my twenty twenty one. My whole year is kind of wrapped up and flowing, and this podcast is just kind of a a cherry on top of all the rest of it.
0: Yeah, I uh, I love that. I love that. You have so much going on. I'm excited for it um, and to see what comes. <clears throat> uh, I I like what uh, you touched a little bit on the uh, processes and things like that that you put into place uh, in your own life. I um uh I I don't know if any. Perhaps you have, or, or, uh, or maybe some of the, some listeners have, have ever listened to Jocko, Jocko Willink. He's a, a, uh, former Navy SEAL. He has his own podcast. He's been on Joe Rogan's show and a bunch of other shows and stuff. And one, one, one thing that he, one mantra of his is that discipline equals freedom. And my own, um, my own personal mission in the world is to be a beacon of liberty, to be a beacon of freedom for other people, live that and, and, and make that available for the people, uh, around me. Uh, it, it, discipline equals freedom is, is, uh, it's, it's one of the, like an oxymoron or something like that. It doesn't seem like it should make sense, but, um, certainly something that I've found the more, um, intentional that I've gotten with my own training on the bike, uh, the faster I've gotten, the more that I, the more I've enjoyed it. And, um, and the more that I've, uh, found the time quote unquote, to, uh, do what I do, what I love to do. Um, and there's all sorts of trickle down effects around that, which, uh, which I love. I'm, I'm, a um, it's important to me to, uh, to set like big goals and let things trickle down out of those goals. And so, um, last year it was all around a bike race that never actually happened. (laughs) Um, uh, but out of that was born, uh, uh, an intense focus on, uh, on diet. Uh, and, uh, more, more to the point, like everything that I was putting into my body and what that, what the output was, uh, both cognitively and and, and physically. And so in 2021, I'm looking to take that a step further. And I have, uh, uh, specific goals around, uh, um, uh, not, uh, specific performance, like peak performance, uh, on the bike. And then also around, uh, events that I actually want to do this year, uh, races that I want to do this year and, um, what, what it will take for me to, um, uh, to compete at the level that I want to compete at is going to require, uh, uh, effort and study and discipline that I, I, I don't even know what it looks like yet. I don't even know. And so, uh, Uh, as far as this, as far as the podcast goes, it's kind of, it's, uh, it's kind of cool because, uh, for folks that are going to listen to the whole way, uh, the whole way through, um, as John and I get through the first, go through the first six episodes and then eventually, um, you know, we'll we'll continue, uh, you know, beyond then, uh, you're going to get a look into, uh, kind of, uh, I won't say zero, but you'll you'll get a, a a look at how the sausage is made, so to speak, and and see what that looks like uh, along the way. Um, so I'm excited to share, excited to do it um, and excited to do it with you, John. I love a
1: couple things that you created there. Um, one, I really like the concept that it's not like you and I are peak performance experts or neuroscientists or that we've been studying flow states for thirty years. Where um, people, we we do have a you know somewhat formidable background and skill set, and we've been in this world for a while, but people will be able, our listeners will be able to watch the evolution of what it looks like as we take these challenges on. So um, I'm excited because at the end of this year, it will be unrecognizable. Our lives and our results and our experience and our mindset will be very, very different. And listeners will be able to kind of track that and maybe join us on that journey to some extent. Um, the other thing that I really loved was the Jocko Willink uh, mantra of discipline equals freedom. And I've heard this called uh, a liberating constraint. And the idea is that you have to choose your struggle. You have to choose the the place of constraint. It's, I think of it like uh, if you have a balloon, did you ever do that thing where you'd squeeze the balloon on one side and the air would go to the other side and it would deform in a way. Yeah. It's like, you've got to choose where you're going to squeeze the balloon And for a lot of us, it's like, okay, let's have a consistent relationship with the calendar. Let's schedule things. Let's have a morning routine. Let's wake up at a certain time. That doesn't feel like freedom, but what's available on the other side of making that kind of a choice is the freedom to contribute or the freedom to have results beyond what you wanted, uh, or excuse me, beyond what you originally thought were possible. And I think about, you know, there's the old maxim, like you can either have the freedom to sit on the couch or go work out, but then later you're going to have the freedom to be able to walk up the stairs or not in your old age. So it's like you pick where your struggle is. And I think it's better for us and for our listeners to be conscious about that and choose for yourself the constraint, choose for yourself the discipline, because life will certainly bring it to you if you don't.
0: I, um, yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I, yeah, I, I, um, uh, I, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm interested. I, I, I think both of us, I won't speak for you, but I'll speak for you. I think both of us, uh, have reinvented ourselves, so to speak, uh, several times there been, there's, there's for me, at least there have been several iterations, uh, of George. And if you were to, uh, meet me, I don't know when I was a senior in high school or something like that, uh, you probably would. It would it what might not make might not be clear how that kid got to here, and um, the power to choose to do that is uh, that's that's liberating. And so we're we're doing it. We're doing it again. I'm 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 you know we're doing it again. And so that's exciting.
1: Well, we're about to step into kind of defining what peak performance and flow is, and I think the principle that you just hit on is a really good segue for that because that's based on. A neuroscience principle called neuroplasticity it's the ability for your brain to actually change to change its neural networks to change its default configurations to change its electricity and its chemistry and i think for a long time scientists and psychologists thought that humans were just kind of locked into who they were by the time they had matured and gone through adolescence and now we know that you can be any person or anything you want to be at any time And uh, I think that is a definition of peak performance is not getting fixed or locked into who you were yesterday, even if that was very successful. It's just a constant, like you said, reinvention of self that is in alignment with and supporting of your ever expanding purpose in life. It's also very consistent with the way video games work, right? You You don't start a video game and then end the video game at the same level of power and ability, right? The character levels up. And uh, that's what we're doing. We're leveling up as we reinvent,
0: leveling up. And you can you can choose to create a new character at any time, John. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah.
1: Well, let's jump into. So, what is peak performance? Since we're banding around the terms peak performance and flow state, let's start with peak performance. What does that mean to you?
0: Uh, t- to me, that's that's uh, the moment when you reach the absolute like limitation or what you perceive to be a limitation of, of, of your ability in a certain area. And, uh, every now and again, you push through like athletically, this happens, uh, more, more often, or maybe it's just more, or probably more noticeable. It's more noticeable because you can, you can see like your, your time, or you can see, uh, you know, your, your outcome in a, in a, in a certain area event or something like that. So you see that you see okay i've've I've peaked in in this in this case and but I, I would argue it happens everywhere whether it's in your relationship relationships that you have uh, you know I think about the way that I uh, communicate with my wife now versus 10 years ago um and you know I basically didn't know what I was doing uh, 10 years ago and now i, I now I you know, I'm 5% better. But I, but, uh, but, but in, in all seriousness, um, I noticed the way that I uh, interpret information and, and uh, uh, the words that I choose and th- even wh- when we choose to communicate, how we choose to communicate um, and how we're very open about like, this is what we're doing. Like, these are the games that we're playing and, and we're in this mood and, and right. And so um, we we've up-leveled our communication. We're, we're at a, we're at a peak level and we have more you know we can get better uh but um that's what it that's what when i think of of uh of of peak performance it's those those absolute high highs and pushing through barriers that you kind of perceive to to exist
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i see there um it's kind of like what you were talking about with reinvention is going past what your self-imposed limits were and discovering something about yourself so kind of part of it is like a creation or invention. And part of it's a discovery. Uh, The American psychologist William James talked about second wind and third wind and fourth wind. And he described it as a psychological phenomenon where you're up against, like you said, your, your limit. And you're going at your peak level of performance. And then you know you can't do more. But then you keep going. And you just have a little bit of sustain or grit. And then you break through. And then it's like effortless again. And then there's a whole other vista of performance, or a whole other vista of consciousness, or fulfillment that's available to you.
0: I, I think of uh, the example of uh, uh, Roger Bannister, the guy, the guy who broke the four-minute mile, right? And so nobody could do it, nobody could do it, can't be done. And then all of a sudden, you know, he cracks four minutes, and then I, I can I don't, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was just like. You know, an avalanche of people were just all of a sudden able to run, you know, break the four minute mile uh, barrier, uh, you know after that. And so um, I think there were
1: like high school track runners doing it like yeah. six, six years after the event where they had yeah. they had shaped something like a quarter second a decade prior.
0: Yeah. So how many people had been putting that self-imposed like, oh, this, this can't be done. And, we, you know, we, and there's a way that you show up to run the mile when that's in your head and Roger, Roger Bannister showed up with something different and, uh, and opened up a whole world of, of performance for lots of folks. So yeah, that's, that's the example that always, you know, I, I come back to.
1: I love that. Like just rediscovering and redefining what's possible as a definition mm-hmm. of peak performance. <clears throat> I would just add a couple uh, little other flavors to your definition there. One thing I would say is working in conjunction with or in partnership with your body, like working with your energy, working with your biology, working with your neurology, the human organism has very specific parameters for how it operates. But if you look in, you know, you and I have both worked in corporate consulting for a long time. If you look at the typical 80 hour work week totally hyper-collaborative, people always on, always available on uh, Slack or Microsoft Teams or something like that, meetings to talk about meetings, to talk about meetings. Like it's so counter to the way the brain works to produce breakthrough results. And so um, peak performance would be like actually bucking the trend that our current work culture has and actually work with your energy and with your biology rather than against it. So that would be one definition I would propose. But also saying having like full alignment and clarity on what it is that's important to you. I think people get trapped in the allure of productivity and checking things off of a task list. And they are not necessarily, and in fact, most cases are not the thing that's going to be the needle mover or the thing that's going to make a difference based on what they're actually committed to. To be productive and to be really highly performant does not take a lot of time. It takes a lot of focus and clarity and courage. Um, Yeah, and I'd say the last thing is just having the courage to stand apart from the current hyper distracted, distractible culture because flow comes out of focus. And so letting go of chronic busyness, letting go of overwhelm, letting go of burnout, and really getting clear, this is my one thing, this is what I'm focused on, and this is what I'm going to be exceptional at. Absolute game changer for peak performance.
0: I agree. And I, I think I like what you said there about uh, people getting caught up with being hyper efficient. And uh, I, I think there's a there's a, an element of that too, where I, I think people discount uh, sometimes. I know I do. Uh, things that I do outside of what, uh, what pays the bills or, or something like that. Right. So um, I, I would, I would assert that work that I do uh, athletically work that I do to become a, a more healthy, uh, more higher, higher, higher functioning, cognitive being uh, there's trickle down there obviously into work, but it's a, other areas uh, work that I do on my, in my, in my marriage work that I do uh, with my, Circumstances, uh, whether that be the the your your, your dwelling or what kind of uh, food you're eating, or maybe food you're growing, or your you know your hobbies and, and things like that, um, uh, you, the time that you spend uh, playing video games and learning how to problem solve, um, uh, all of that, all of that, all of that is important. And too many times, uh, you know, we discount that. Like, oh, I you know I feel guilty for for sitting down and playing video games or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's that's not uh it's not not only is it not helpful but it's also not um it's not acknowledging uh what how important it is to not be you know kind of quote unquote on all the time uh kind of grinding away and treating your treating your job behind a desk like you would treat a job in a coal mine or something like that where you know you're literally being judged on how many I don't know, pounds of, ore you can, um, you know, you can produce or, or chip away at or something like that. That's not how we work. Um, and so, uh, honing in on those big, big, big breakthroughs that seemingly, you know, that uh, uh, where you're able to produce what some people can do in 40 hours a week, you're able to do that in four, that ought, uh, that ought to be the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the more we can do in, in service of that, I think the better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the the life expectancy for the coal miner or the person who's working in the way you talked about is probably kind of similar. And I think this myth of the harried executive who's working 80 hours a week and ignoring his health and you know getting out of shape and at risk for heart attack and not taking care of his family and not investing in the relationships that will sustain and nurture him and not in, investing in passions and curiosities and hobbies and, and other interests not only is that not a holistic human, not only is that an unbalanced human, but that person has not scratched the surface of high performance. Like peak performance lies on the other side of that. If you wanna know what peak performers are doing, they're working out, they're taking care of their families, they're investing in their passions, and they're killing it at work, but they're not doing it by clocking hours, they're doing it by exerting leverage on that which actually matters.
0: Yes. Well put. Yeah. Well put, well, 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 well put. And the best executives that I know that's exactly how they operate. It's mm-hmm. yeah.
1: What about flow? Since that's what our, it's in the title of our podcast. What does
0: flow state mean to you? Uh, to, to me, it's, it's where the, uh, uh, it's almost like the line between what we are, our, our perceived reality and uh, and kind of your, your, your mind blur. Mm-hmm. And so um you know I found this uh, in in work and and in athletics as I mentioned before but uh that feeling where time time disappears because you are so like hyper hyper focused uh almost like a you know there could be a car accident outside or something and you you wouldn't even you wouldn't even you wouldn't you wouldn't even notice it because of how in tune you are with uh, with the the task at hand. Um, and so uh, you know as it pertains to what we're doing, um, that's something that I want to be able to tap into on demand so uh, and not necessarily have to rely on uh, athletic training or, um, a certain type of work, uh, or something like that in order to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, th- in short, yeah, that's, that's what flow is to me is, is losing yourself. hmm
1: Yeah. Um, in, in the book, stealing fire, the authors, uh, Jamie wheel and Stephen Kotler use an acronym ster. It's S T E R to describe some of the things that you were talking about. There's selflessness is the S and just like that sense of self-receding. And you're just, you are the action that you're engaged in. You are the activity. Uh, E is effortlessness, like the perception of difficulty. And by the way, there is no difficulty in the task. It's always a perception, right? The perception kind of recedes and everything feels effortless, even though you're doing work, you know. Um, Timelessness, I skipped T, the the sense of time dilating, either moving faster or slower, our normal sense of time's passage changes in these flow states. And then R is richness, like the experience itself is, um, in the words of uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, the University of Chicago professor and psychologist who coined the term flow, um, it's autotelic, it's an experience that's just worth doing because of itself, not for any specific reward that you would get. One thing I would add, George, is I, I think of flow as like a state of consciousness.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree.
1: And we have all kinds of different states of consciousness. And like what I see a lot with my clients is um, stress. And stress is a state of consciousness. And you could look at what is the neurochemical impact of stress? What Uh, neurotransmitters or hormones are released under stress like cortisol norepinephrine you could look at what's the neuroelectrical impact of stress like i'm in um, alpha wave brain waves and my autonomic nervous system is shifting towards the sympathetic side i'm in fight or flight but then you go into flow state kind of on the other side of the equation and all of a sudden the chemicals that you're getting are things like dopamine the pleasure chemical the reward chemical or serotonin the kind of calm down. The, it's the antidepressant chemical or uh, anandamide. Anandamide is kind of like what you get when you smoke marijuana, uh, is sort of that blissful, euphoric feeling. Your brain waves shift into theta and gamma waves, where it's just a much more relaxed uh, experience psychologically and neurologically, where then your subconscious is involved in decision-making and problem-solving just explodes because you're not limited through this like super small prefrontal cortex trying to like manage everything.
0: Um, so John, I know we discussed like with, what are some things we l- we're looking to, we discussed some of the things we're looking to get or to, mm-hmm. to kind of accomplish uh, in the, in the, in in the, in this podcast, uh, in the, in the, in the show. Um, should I start?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you want to accomplish?
0: Well, I, you know, I, I think that we've done a good job of probably talking about a lot of it already, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned, but, uh, 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 for me, it is, uh, being like we talked about being able to access flow on demand. That's kind of, I don't know why, but on demand has just been as, as, you know, as looking through the Um, you know, some of the notes that we're making uh, ahead of this episode, that's, that's what I would like to be able to uh, produce uh, almost uh, uh, yeah. On on demand flow. And then um, in, in addition to that, like the um, I think that right now my idea of peak performance is very raw. And so I'd like to understand more about uh, what, what, what peak performance is, how to, how to set myself up to, to perform at the, at a, at a high level cognitively. Uh, what, what should I be doing if I have a very important, uh, maybe I have a, you know, important podcast that I want to, uh, record or something, or I have a really important meeting, uh, or important conversation I want to have or something like that. What, what, what should that preparation look like? I know that that's an area where I, um, Yeah. That I I would like to improve. Um, and then similarly athletically. So what, what does it look like? Uh, as I've, as I've introduced more, more, more things into my training, um, how exactly should it look like for me to be a, like a proper, uh, bike racer? That is that is competitive at the level level I would like to to compete at. Uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure what that looks like yet. So uh, for me personally, that's what I'm looking to get out of it. And then um, you know, spilling up from there, uh, I know that every time I take on these type of exercises, um, uh, my relationships relationships around me. What you know, what do you know? They they improve, right? And so I'm looking forward to the benefits that I'll see uh, in my marriage, in my uh, my close close personal relationships. I'm looking forward to uh, expanding our own friendship, meaning, you know, you and me, John, you know, mm-hmm. beyond, you know, beyond what it's at. Cause I know that uh, it, this, this will force us to um, expand what it means to be friends. And so I'll, all of that is, is is like so cool. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the, you know, the trickle down, how, how how will improve my, uh, my work, uh, how much better I I will show up, uh, for the people that I work with for clients and customers and, and, and everybody and everybody else, right. The, the people that I happen to, to run into at the office or whatever, like everybody, everybody gets a, gets a piece of it. So, um, that's, what's exciting. I'm looking forward to sharing that looking forward to, to doing that kind of in a, in an open way. Uh, and, um, and, and hopefully that, that, that makes this process very approachable for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Amen. Um, also, I've heard that engaging in flow and peak performance makes you sexier. I know. For, I'm
0: starting, for starting, for you, starting from a 10, starting from a 10, John. So I don't know.
1: There's not, there's not a whole lot of ceiling, but you know, we're breaking past those self-imposed limits. I love what you were talking about with, on-demand like the on-demand nature of flow and i second that because like what would be the use of having that turbo button on your car if you couldn't press it when you needed it that's that's what i'm after and um yeah again i'll just repeat it for me it's about like a practical sustainable path a rational path to performance one that doesn't sacrifice well-being really like what i want the people that i coach and the people that are listening to this podcast and for you and me what I want us to experience is that your path to ultimate well-being is also your path to peak performance. There, not, it's not an either-or equation. You won't reach the summit of either mountain unless you're going for
0: both. And then, agreed with everything you said. Um, and then we have a couple. Uh, I love
1: how agreeable you are today.
0: Well you know, full, full transparency. We've talked a lot about, about a lot of this before. So I, I suspected that we might just agree uh, on some of this stuff. Um, so let's talk, we'll talk a little bit about um, what we, what we have kind of on, on deck for, uh, for the show. And then, uh, and then we'll get out of here. What do you, is that, is that what? Yeah, work? that sounds great. So what's, what's on deck? Tell the people what they won. So, <laughs> so we're going to, uh, 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 get into ne- uh, next 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 episode. We're going to talk more about uh, uh, like a establishing a, a firm definition of flow and uh, establishing why it's why it's important at all. Because um, uh, I think before w- what we had talked about before we go really any further, it's important that we kind of have some some ground rules in place, right? So I I, rem- I studied philosophy in, in college, and a lot of what that was was. Uh, conversations and arguments over semantics. So, like, what did this philosopher mean when they said that? Well, I think they meant this, and I think they meant that. And then, so, but before you could even continue uh, uh, and and start to discuss the the validity of whatever the whatever uh, that that philosopher put out there, you needed to establish some ground rules. So, like, here's here's how we interpret the 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 the, the teachings. Here's how we interpret the writing. And now we can go forward and and determine whether or not, you know, this works in modern society or something like that, whatever the question is. So, um, we're going to start there. We're going to start with the defining flow, uh, what that means, uh, for us. And I think more importantly, um, what that means for the, uh, for the series. So uh, as we go on, this is where we are coming from. This is where all of the, um, study and, and, um, and the, and the inquiry is coming from. so that that's, we're going to start next week. We'll talk about why that's important to us.
1: Personally, I thought the turbo button on the dashboard of the card was enough. But, you know, we can go into first principles if you like. Okay, and then the the episode after that, can I share about episode three? Please do. So just as a teaser, uh, we're going to look at surfing biology and the flow cycle. So we're going to look at how you actually um, achieve working with your biology, working with your mind, your neurology, working with your unique human biorhythms. And then what the flow cycle is, what the different parts of the flow cycle, because it's not just one thing; it's a it's a cycle to navigate. And so we'll talk about surfing and navigating all of that in episode three, after we define first principles and the definitions.
0: Love it. We had this s- was fun. This is a great. This this was wonderful. This is wonderful. Uh, John and I a uh, little little inside baseball, but we had all sorts of concerns before we we hit the record button. And what do you know? We, we came out with, a, uh, an episode that I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think it made sense. Well, I love it. Should
1: I, should I record it now so that we can actually run through it? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, uh, on that one, on one that take podcast
0: gold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on that note, um, thank you everyone so much for, uh, tuning in. It's, it's 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 a real kick in the pants for both of us to 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 have an opportunity to spend an hour and chat with each other and uh if you can uh uh you know make time to be along for the ride we appreciate it and uh it, it makes it all you know even more fun for us so should we
1: acknowledge our sponsors oh we don't we don't
0: have okay. Not yet
1: well thank you george for hosting this and creating this thank you everybody for listening and uh, we'll see you next time in the flow channel